0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. In an era defined by data, analytics, and ROI metrics, it's easy to overlook the timeless power of a good story. We often associate storytelling with campfires and bedtime routines rather than conference rooms and quarterly earnings reports. However, the art of storytelling is not just for novelists and filmmakers. It's an invaluable tool in the world of sales and business. One of the most cited statistics supporting this idea is from psychologist Jerome Bruner, who found that facts are 20 times more likely to be remembered if they're a part of a story. This statistic not only underscores the incredible retention power of stories, but it also demonstrates their capacity to influence and persuade. On this episode, we are joined by Tom Jacobs, entrepreneur and coach, to discuss why storytelling works and how to harness its power to drive sales. Grab a copy of my new book, Customer Transformation, a seven-stage strategy for customer alignment and business value. This is your essential guide for customer success in the digital age. Learn how to adapt to your customer's ever-evolving needs and revolutionize your business strategy to achieve sustainable growth. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or my website and to support the show visit chrishood.com show subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform follow us on social media or you can email me directly show at chrishood.com i'm chris hood and let's get connected
1: connecting access granted The Chris Hood Digital Show, where global business and technology leaders meet to discuss strategy, innovation, and digital acceleration. Five, four, three, two, one. Your digital evolution starts now. Here's your
0: host, Chris Hood. Welcome to the show. Tom, would you mind introducing yourself?
1: Absolutely. My name is Tom Jacobs and I am an entrepreneur for the last 30 years, which really means that I'm allergic to working for other people. Over that time, I've had several businesses, lots of failures, but uh, I wouldn't have it any other way because those failures have always taught me something. And over that course of of time, I've been able to develop a skill set that includes storytelling with sales. And that's what I guess we're going to be talking about today.
0: Yes, I love a good story. I'm sure you have a hundred of them to share with us today. Most often, the sales teams just want to go and talk about product features and just jam it down somebody's throat. But storytelling as part of sales can be very powerful.
1: Well, it's, it's really interesting. The, the, the science behind storytelling, there was, a, there was a study done at Princeton University where they, they took a storyteller and put them in a uh, functional MRI machine, so measuring brain waves and what areas of the brain is lighting up. And then they had two receivers of the story, again, in another functional MRI machine. And what they found is when the story was being told, the same areas of the brain were lighting up in the storyteller as with the receivers of the story itself. So when you think about that, you have a neurological connection with your audience. And I don't know if you've probably been on these sales calls before where where somebody's just rattling off figures and stats and features and all this stuff, and it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other, and you don't really retain it. But the moment somebody starts to tell a story like, oh, I got this, let me tell you about this one time, right? (laughs) And, you know, like grandpa would, would, would start with, and all of a sudden everybody perks up. They're like, oh, it's story time. Because everybody loves a good story. That's why the entertainment industry is is what it is, making billions of dollars on on movies. So if we incorporate that into our sales presentation very strategically, we can keep that either one prospect or if you're selling to a group of people, we can keep them engaged in the conversation and further move that sale down the road to where you want it to be.
0: It's not just about the once upon a time with grandpa story. Like you said, I've spent hundreds of hours in sales meetings and I've watched the sales team, just as we've talked about, jamming the stuff down people's throats, and everyone in the room is tuning out. And yet I can simply share a use case. Or imagine if you took this product and you put it into this scenario. Like it doesn't even have to be an actual story, just sharing conceptually ideas. And taking them on that journey, I think, is just as critical.
1: Absolutely. Because it, it gets people to use their imagination, where instead of being talked to, they're being talked with. So it, it becomes more of an interactive conversation rather than just that salesperson trying to shove something down their throat.
0: Now, how do you strike a balance? Obviously, we're in sales to close the deal. Now, in my case... I was the storyteller, and all I did was come in, tell all the pretty stories, and then hand it off to sales and let them close the deal. So I was disconnected from the process. But there is some level of balance between that emotional connection you're talking about and then actually closing the deal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think there's any hard and fast rule. I certainly don't follow you know, a hardened feather, it's 20 minutes of story time and 10 minutes of selling. I don't, it's, it's really a, a feel for what the conversation is that you want to happen as a salesperson. Um, I always like to start off with a personal story with a new prospect, somebody that doesn't really know me yet, because now if I introduce a personal story and maybe like uh, the story of why I do what I do, which is which is really important to share with a prospect because now they know why you're passionate about what you're selling. And then you can go into more about the product and the features and the benefits and how it's going to help them. And then bring that right back into a case study of a happy customer that is just like the one that's sitting in front of you. And you tell a story about what their struggle was before meeting you, what the product, did for them, how they implemented it, how it, how it served them. And then what life is like now, after they've implemented it, that's a very simple three-step story process. And you can weave those in and out of the sales presentation very elegantly, but unless you plan it out, it's going to be like grandpa telling a, telling a tale for hours. (laughs) <laughs> and not going anywhere. So it, it, there's a planning process that needs to happen prior to going into that sales presentation to make sure that the stories are you know, appropriate in that conversation.
0: I want to come back to that planning process, but you also touched on something that I want to ask you. We start off the conversation with a story. However, I also find that that storytelling can happen before the meeting even begins. Right As you're gathering with the people in the room, I will often start off with something I read in the news for the day. Just bringing some of that connection with relevant current events can also build the relationship that ultimately we're trying to accomplish with the storytelling.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I consider that more rapport building. And that's kind of that small talk that happens before you get into the actual sales presentation where people get to know, like, and trust you. And then you can go into the more formal presentation of your personal story when the meeting actually starts.
0: Now that trust, though, we see different levels of trust having an impact on the believability of your stories.
1: Yeah, you know, even even with that, you know, stories can't be refuted. Like, you, you could think that somebody's lying about a story, I'm sure. But when you're telling a story, especially from the heart, it's really hard to like stand up and tell somebody you're lying about, I don't believe you. I don't believe you went through that. Versus if somebody's saying, well, 25% of the people using our product have, they're like 25% really? Like, is that true? And they're going to want to fact check that versus your, your story is your story. So it's really hard for somebody to actually say, nah, you're lying. I don't believe your story. So I think the trust factor is easier with the story So that's why I always like to lead with that before going into the product features and benefits.
0: Which takes us back to the planning. I also often find is a crutch for a lot of people. You can plan an entire meeting. You can specify, okay, I'm gonna open with this story. I'm gonna use this use case. I've got these stats. And yet it's also important to read the room. And if the story you're sharing is not really resonating, I know a lot of people who say, "Hey, I'm a great storyteller." They've got three stories in their head. They go in and tell the exact same three stories and it could have nothing to do with what the meeting is about.
1: Absolutely. And that's why, you know, you always do research before going into a sales presentation anyway to learn about the prospect and what their needs are. And then based on that, you know, the personal story, I think is is pretty solid. You don't really have to change that much based on the prospect. Versus like a case study story, you could really screw that up by, you know, I was, I was in fitness for a long time at a fitness center. And when I would be selling fitness to people, you know, if I had a 45 year old woman that had three kids and wanted to lose 20 pounds, I wouldn't show her the testimonial of the bodybuilder that I helped get down to 2% body fat. Like the disconnect there is just, she would be like, I don't want that. Oh, gross. Right. And but if I show her another forty-five year old that you know has two kids was you know forty pounds overweight lost the weight she'd be like wow she did that I can do that too and that's where like the reading of the room and understanding who your prospect is when, especially when you're telling those case study stories it becomes really really important.
0: So how hard is it?
1: Maybe I'm biased because I've been doing it for so long and I have a theater degree, so it's it's like maybe in my training. But I, I think what the fear that a lot of people have is, one, my story's not good enough. I think I hear that all the time. And or, well, I don't have a tragedy story that I can share. It, and I don't have a near life experience. I'm not rags to riches. You know, it's like you don't need tragedy. You know, like the, the tragic stories are actually the you know, easier <laughs> to get to. But the comedies are just as good as the tragedies. So why not have those really joyous events to share, you know, as a personal story, in, in terms of telling why uh, you do what you do? But if you follow a very simple process, and, and that's what I do with my clients, it's just I just go through a process of laying out, you know, what you know, using the the standard storytelling technique of the hero's journey, and we we go to the impact moment or the inciting moment, the do or die situation. And then we just focus on that at first, and then fill in the rest to bring the audience on an up-and- down little roller coaster ride um, as you tell that story. And once you have the prompts and the structure, then it just becomes a matter of just you know writing in and filling in the blanks.:
0: I look at storytelling, and I have a process, a philosophy of my own: beginner, intermediate, advanced. As a beginner, Just being able to come up with a couple of stories, memorize those stories, and be able to recite those stories at a moment's notice, that's fairly beginner basic level. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, when we get to more intermediate, it's about having multiple stories and being able to, we'll say, tweak those stories just a little bit based on your audience. One of the best storytellers, now this is fiction, but one of the best storytellers that I always appreciate is if you've ever watched the show Blacklist with James Spader, he plays a character called Raymond Reddington. And Raymond Reddington is a fugitive on the most wanted list. And he works with the FBI to solve big cases. Now, What the character does, obviously this is all scripted, but what the character does is he's able to tell a story at any given moment about any relevant thing that is happening in that moment. So you could be talking about bread, and he says, you know, once I was in France and I was at a bakery and there was this bread, and he comes off with this incredibly elaborate story, which is absolutely fabulous. Maybe that's not advanced level, maybe that's expert level, right? But I think the key here is that, you begin to have a set of stories in your head with keywords that are associated to those stories. So let's just say you have 10 stories. They're all memorized. They're all in your head. And I'm going to come back to that memorization piece. And you hear a keyword like bread, and you quickly recall that story, and you come out with that story in real time. Do you follow me so far?
1: Oh, absolutely. That Yeah, that is... And that's one of my favorite shows, too, by the way and and you're right, like he would weave in those stories just so elegantly as well, where you don't even feel like you know that you're being you know told a story,
0: yeah, and it also distracts people from what's actually going on in that moment. It's like, oh wait, I'm mad at you, I'm mad at oh story, oh, interesting, what's going on you know, I think that takes us back to the research you were talking about at the beginning. I say memorizing stories. But the reality is, I think we all have stories. We have grown up and our entire life is a story. And it doesn't have to be the tragic one that you've talked about. It doesn't have to be some specific story about an event that is relevant. Just tell a story. Tell your grandpa's story because it doesn't necessarily mean that it's relevant, but it's bringing people into the conversation. If you can make it relevant, because somebody just said, oh, I don't know how grandpas are going to use this banking app. You can say, well, you know, when I was talking with my grandpa, right? And you go into that story. That, I think, doesn't require as much practice or memorization as you think it does. It's just being able to open up and reveal those stories when the time is appropriate.
1: Yes, uh, 100%. And it's, like you said, it's not memorizing the words of the story, but rather memorizing the structure of storytelling so that the, the story is compelling because the worst thing that you could do is just tell a chronological story from start to finish. And that's super boring and doesn't necessarily fit that hero's journey. And it's in, it's just like, you know, uh, exercising, you know, if you go to the gym one time, you're not going to lose weight, but if you keep working that muscle, you're going to build that muscle. You can get stronger and stronger and stronger. And it's the same with storytelling. The more you practice, the better you're going to get. And the more on the fly that you can start to now, you know, hear those keywords, you know, and go, oh, yeah, this would be a perfect case study to share with this prospect. Or this would be a great story to interject at this point.
0: I'm often asked when I appear on other podcasts as a guest, why are you doing this? And I have two responses. One is, well, advertising, SEO, marketing, all the traditional things that you would think. The other thing is, it's practice. It is pure practice to be able to go on, share stories, engage with audiences, ask questions on the fly. It even helps me with interviews like this. All of our questions right now are spontaneous. I'm engaging with you in in a conversation. That is the practice you're talking about. I think everyone has to, continue to hone that skill to improve really in anything, not just storytelling, but <laughs> heck, even in the sales process alone, you should be practicing.
1: The practice, the reps that you put in is you know directly correlated to the effort and, and the result that you get. So the more practice that you do, the better you're going to get. And I think a lot of people also worry about being perfect and having every word just absolutely scripted. And that's it. You know, yeah, you know, we're never going to be perfect. That's fine. You know, if you screw up your story, like nobody's going to know it's your story. So it's it's you know, take it as you know, a, an exercise in being able to engage with people rather than an exercise in trying to be perfect in this one situation because it's it's never going to play out that way anyway.
0: That goes back to your planning because. I've sat in meetings on both sides of the table where somebody's just reading a script. They've got the slides up on the screen, they're reading the slides. You know what that does? It loses all credibility that you know what you're talking about. So the planning has to come in, the practice has to come in because it's going to enable you to become the expert in the room.
1: And that sounds scripted. I think that's that's really the key is is how you come across as you're as you're telling a, a story. And there's a couple instances that I, that I remember. This, this one uh, boss that I had, it's just one of those awful bosses, right? And he was. We were at a trade show, and he had a speaking spot. And he starts to tell tell his story, and he's told it a thousand times. And when he was telling it this time, you could hear that he t- told it a thousand times and he was just bored it seemed like he was just bored with his story and it was about surviving cancer i'm like dude how do you like just go yeah it's stage 4 cancer and you know this happened this happened and then you know life is good i could just feel the audience going is this a true story because it doesn't feel like like there's any emotion behind it either and so that's that's a trap that you know if you get into telling the same story over and over again and it is too rehearsed, then you can get into that, in kind of that apathy phase of just telling the words and not the emotion behind the words, which is what really matters more.
0: Didn't even really think about asking you or talking about the emotional side of storytelling, but you're so right. I think about some of the stories that I tell repeatedly and I'm mostly, well, I'm an excited person. So I usually maintain that level of interest in it however you're absolutely right there are so many times where i've listened to people's stories and it's just like do they even know what they're talking about do they even believe it now that adds another element of fear potentially for people it's one thing to say you can tell a story it's another thing to say you need to act this out in some way you know you need to show excitement and and bring out the emotional if it's a mystery it's a dark corner we don't have to get into that level of acting here, but there is an emotional component to this.
1: And one technique that I teach, with in, in, I, I call it the 3P process that I go through. It's work on the presentation first. Then we go into the performance, and then we work on the profits, which is the sales aspect of it. But in that performance phase, it's really putting yourself back into that situation. And that's the little acting trick that actors do all the time. They aren't aren't pulling it from their own personal experience because they're acting in a movie, but they're bringing something from their own life to that character so that they can emotionally be in the same space. Right. And I have a story that I tell, um, you know, a lot of times for the fitness um, work that I do. And every time I get the little lump in my throat, my breathing you know and it, it I get emotional every time I tell that story. And the reason being is because I put myself back into the story. and and, and that that can be scary for a lot of people too in in terms of if they get emotional during cause during their, their talk and they don't want to get you know ugly cry face. And so I always teach people just it's emotions are like a wave in the ocean. So just be a surfer ride the wave, it'll dissipate, and you'll just move on. If you try to fight the wave, you're going to get ugly cry face. <laughs> so, so allow the emotion to come up because that also is a really great connection with your audience. You can you can feel them behind you and just like cheering you on uh, when, you, when you bring out some of that emotion, whether it's a sad emotion or happy or angry or whatever the emotion is, bringing that out is important.
0: Well, moving from something that is filled with emotion to something we typically don't see a lot of emotion in is digital and online connections. We're seeing more storytelling materialize in the marketing strategies of our online interfaces, and yet there's also a disconnect. We're removing that personal element, we're removing the human connection between to people how do you see storytelling evolve online
1: well that's a really good question i've put a lot of thought into it but just off the top of my head we have the platforms you know instagram facebook social media linkedin and what what's clever about really good creators on that platform is that they follow a structure of storytelling that is generally hook intro, content, and then close. And it's that, that's that's a good story structure where you hook them in and you kind of string them along, which is part of the hero's journey as well, until you get to the, 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 the moment where the hero realizes what they need to do and then resolves the issue. Um, so I, I see that we're probably in the age of people becoming more, and more of storytellers and practicing it more just on social media and i think that's great because it it creates more of a connection it creates more watch time for people as well
0: yeah if we look at the content that has changed from going to the movies and sitting down or radio to now youtube and the ability to engage with a multitude of content Obviously, our attention span is getting smaller. We are wanting 10-second stories as opposed to 10-minute stories. But ultimately, I think you're right. The basic premise of what you're doing, you're hooking them, you're entertaining them, you're getting them to react in some way to that content. All of that has shifted. The other area that we're seeing now is obviously artificial intelligence and trying to Build storytelling into AI, I think is still a little challenging. What's mm, that? I think AI can clearly tell a story, type into like ChatGPT and say, Tell me a short story, and it's going to create something. It's going to pull from references of basic premise of storytelling. It knows the hero's journey, it's going to be able to tell that. However, what we're seeing from a business perspective, Is chatbots, which are programmed to answer specific questions like, How much does this cost? Is it in my size? What is the weight? What are the dimensions? You know, any of those product types of things. And all it's doing is answering that. We don't see a chatbot saying, Well, hello, good day to you. You know, the other day I was uh, talking to another customer and they had something funny to say. I just wanted to share that with you. Now, what can I help you with? We don't see our chat bots engaging with us in a storytelling mechanism to get us more engaged with that AI. It sounds fascinating, but I don't think we're quite there yet
1: yeah yet yeah. i i and I think it is coming because you, you and what i I use AI quite a bit for content creation to create the ideas because I think it's really good to come up with ideas and then and then add your own spin to it and i think that's where the human ai connection really will elevate marketers and and storytellers to a whole nother level um for another a re- couple reasons one the ai is a is a computer it will fill the fill in the blanks and will do exactly as told and then you have the creative element of the human to bring the emotion into it and bring another element of you know just Um, surprise or intrigue to the story itself.
0: Yeah, one of the areas I've been toying with from a marketing perspective is how do we create a choose-your-own-adventure style marketing campaign where you could have the AI come up with the next step of that adventure personalized to a consumer. So consumer goes to a website, some type of personalized messaging comes up, Consumer enters the response, it then evolves what you see on the screen, further personalizing it, but in a storytelling kind of choose-your-own-adventure style. I think AI, to your point, can help with a lot of those types of really interactive, engaging, conceptual pieces, but you still need that human piece to come back in and just have touch points of emotional connection. So that they know that you still care.
1: Yep. yeah, absolutely. And I and I think the AI is getting much smarter as well, and bringing some of that emotion into it as well, and, and giving some interesting advice. Like I, I love playing around and, and like I, I have it do limericks and haiku poems, and and it'll come up with you know really really good haikus, which is. You know, the shorter the poem or the shorter the story, it's more difficult to actually get a really good story in a very short period of time, and that's where the AI can help in terms of story structure. So that you take your long story, put that in, and say, "Okay, make this more concise at a two minute or a hundred words or something like that," and it'll it'll spit out something. And you're like, "Oh, this is great! Like, let me rearrange a few things, and now I have my two, my one minute." elevator pitch of a story that i would have taken 10 minutes to talk about
0: yeah i was working with a company just a couple of weeks ago they needed some help with their business plan and they shared with me their pitch they called it an elevator pitch but their elevator pitch was a page long so i said can you get your elevator pitch down to five words (laughs) they're like no Well, use AI then. Take this and condense it down to five words because that's all anybody's going to hear. They're going to hear the first five words. Can you explain your business in five words? If you can do that, then you're onto something. If you can't do that, then your idea is too complex. And AI can immediately take that. Take those 100 words, 1,000 words you have, pop it into ChatGPT and say, summarize this into five words and it will do it. And it's great because it's bringing that brevity to you to help you condense down your message into exactly what you need to say.
1: Yeah, the velocity is getting much quicker for content creators. And so I, I think in this age, we're going to see a lot more creativity. And and there's going to be garbage as well. But I think that the cream will rise to the top for the people that are using AI to create faster content, but also bringing that human connection into it as well.
0: Let's wrap it up with a final question. How do we measure this? How do we look at the success of our storytelling strategies, compare it to sales? And this can't just be, well, how many sales did you close? Yes, that's obviously the ultimate goal, but how do we measure the general success of storytelling?
1: Engagement is how I measure it. So, um, I always have clients like if they're doing a presentation, I I'll always like to have them record the presentation so I can give some critiques. And I had one client that she was giving a talk with a sale at the end of the talk. And she did her first opener impact statement, which is the do or die situation. And I heard an audible gasp from the audience, like, <gasps> I could see like people putting their phones down and just paying attention to her. So that is the power of storytelling to really get that connection for people and, and to bring them along in the, into the presentation.
0: Hopefully everybody has been engaged to this episode. Tom, I appreciate your time.
1: No problem. Thank you for having me, Chris.
0: And of course, thanks to all of you who are listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and leave a review. Your feedback helps us improve and grow. And if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for the show, you can connect with us throughout social media and online at Chris Hood Show. And please share this episode with your friends, family, colleagues, or anyone else looking to grow their business and start their own digital evolution. Until next week, take care and stay Connected.